Come on, five of you are doing good. How are the rest of you doing? Amen. Are you glad to be at church today? Are you glad to be in church today? God is here. I'm so excited. We're starting a new series today called We Are the Church. How many of you know we need to have a conversation on what it means to not only come to church, but be the church? We need to talk about and ask ourselves some questions because if we're not careful, as we begin to think about church, uh, the church can begin to define even the way that we think about God. And let me explain this. We can begin to think of church as a, as a location, like this one, as a day and as a time. And then what happens is, is we actually begin to think of God this way, that, that God, we can connect with God at a certain location and at a certain time. And how many of you know that's just not true? And so we don't want to build a culture where you think the only time you can meet with God is in this building on Sunday. Are you with me? When we think about church, how many of you guys could say, you know, I grew up in the church? Anybody just say, man, I just grew up. How many of you just like, I didn't grow up. How many of you did not grow up going to church? And everybody else just didn't want to raise their hand. That's fine. But, but so a lot of us, <laughs> a lot of us, um, you, there, there, are, there are churches with all different shapes, all different sizes, come on, all different styles, all different preferences. I mean, we could just talk about this for two hours. You got, you got churches that, that don't like to sing. You got churches that just sing. That's all they do is sing. You got churches that sing really loud and churches where if you sing loud, they're going to ask you to leave. You got churches that sing hymns and think if you sing modern music, you of the devil. You got churches that, that sing modern music and think if you sing hymns, you're of the devil. I don't know. I mean, there's just there's all these different ideas about what church should be. And I, I find most of the time what we're divided over is really just preference, really just preference. Well, I can't believe they have blue chairs. You know, I just, you know, I wish they would have this or I can't believe they have, you know, coffee over here. And I, I mean, I just can't, believe, I just don't think I can go to that church or, or, you know, they don't have coffee or they do or they, you know, all of these things are, are dividing the church. And so I want us to spend the next few weeks really diving into what the role of the global church is what the role of the local church is, and what's your role within the church. Like, do you even need to be a part of a church? You know, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to, like, well, that's good for you. I don't really need to go to, I worship Jesus at home. Praise God. You can worship Jesus at home, right? You can. How many of you have been, you've, you've experienced the Lord at your house at one point or another? Yeah. But, but is it also something biblical that God has established that we connect with a local group of people to change the world together? Yes. And so we want to talk about that. And we want to be kind of uh, have a good understanding of what the church is. We need to understand that church really and it's what we're going to look at uh, over the next few weeks as we kind of dive in. It has very little to do with with location. It has very little to do with the building. As a matter of fact, my dad was in the first service, but you know, my dad started this church. Man, I don't know. We weren't even here then. It was 12, 13 years ago. And uh, about 10 years ago, moved into this building, which was simply a warehouse. It was a carpet warehouse. And over there, there was, uh, there was oil stained floors, which is where they kept a lot of their equipment. There was holes all in the wall. There was no AC over there. The building, you couldn't even see from the street because there were co trees completely covering this whole thing. It just looked, you know, 
torn down and ratty. But how many of you know when you go from, from they were up at Cutting Edge Granite where you could only fit 40 people in the room to a building that although it was kind of ratty, there was potential here. And they were like, praise God, we got some room to grow. I mean, it's going to be hot. We don't have AC running, but we got room to grow. But I, 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 was, I was asked him in, in first service, you know, that very first Sunday, we were not here, but the very first Sunday they gathered in this room right here. I don't know how many people they had. I don't know, 40 or 50 people. And I don't think that they woke up that morning and said, oh, or my dad woke up and said, Kathy, I, I am so excited to go to the warehouse today. They didn't do that, did they? They said, I'm so excited to go to church today. But what is it about even this building that makes this church? It has very little to do with what and everything to do with who because you are the church. And I I just want to, just to tell you that you, although came to church today, you brought the church to this building. You brought the church of Jesus Christ into this room. Why is that important? Because you can bring the church of God into a conference room at your job. Uh Uh-oh. You can bring the church of Jesus Christ to James Park this Saturday and see God show up. And so we have to be careful how we view church. Does everything always have to be so polished and so rigid? It has to be in this building. And so what we do is we begin to think, well, I can't encounter God anywhere but this building. So you struggle, and then you say things like, oh, I just can't wait to get to church on Sunday. Which is okay, but still off. No matter where you are, you can have church. Are you ready to dive in today? I want to, this week, really look at, um, about really what church is, the global church, and what, I'm going to give you three things that I think should be evident in every church. Three things that should be evident in, in, in whatever church. In other words, you could go to, uh, you could go to, well, see, we spent a year in, in Belize, we were missionaries there for a year. We did a lot of ministry to the Mayan Kechi Indians, and they would have dirt floors and, and stick walls and no running water. Many of them had no electricity. And just imagine with me that we would go in to a place like that, bring the gospel, the good news that's found in this book, and all of them receive Jesus, and they say, and they're excited, and they, and they begin to gather together and, and, and in their own way, begin to learn and grow. Maybe we give them a Bible. Bible in their own language, and they begin to, to grow and learn together. How many of you know their church is going to look different than this one? Man, their worship might be like running around a fire. I don't know, right? I mean, just, just worshiping Jesus around a fire. Maybe that's what they know, but, but how dare we look at something different and say, oh, that's not church. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. That's not the way we do stuff. We're going, we're going to go there today. The first time the word church or house of God is ever mentioned in the Bible is what we're going to talk about today. So turn with me to the book of Genesis chapter 28. There's something in scripture called the law of first mention. And when you're studying the Bible, um, it's a good thing not to build a doctrine off of one verse 
um, and just say, well, then this must always look like this based because it says it here. No, it's good to reference every time that thing is mentioned. And what theologians will do is that they call the law first mentioned is they will go back to the very first time that that topic is ever mentioned in scripture. And they, and generally it gives you a really good understanding to help interpret the rest throughout scripture. And so the very first time that the word house of God or church is mentioned is in Genesis 28. Go there with me. We're going to start in verse 10. Give you a little back story before we start to read. Jacob has just deceived his brother Esau. Y'all remember the story where he stole his brother's birthright and he actually put some like fake hair on his arms and deepened his voice a little bit and he went in to get the blessing of, of his father and his father gave Jacob the blessing and so they called Jacob the deceiver and so now he's, you know, Esau is looking for him. He's, he's chasing after him to kill him and so we see here in this story, Jacob is actually running from his life. He, he, he deceived his family and so he sinned and, and so he is fleeing for his life, and he's about to encounter God in the most unlikely way. In verse 10, it says this, Jacob left Beersheba and went towards Haran, and he came to a certain place, stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep, and he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached heaven. Keep in mind, he's at, a, he's at a Motel 6. He just had a little pit stop and pulled over on the side of the road to get some shut-eye and found a rock for his pillow, and he's just trying to get some sleep, running for his life, and, and he has this encounter with the Lord. And it says, uh, and behold, the angels of God were, and this is important, ascending and then descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie. I will give to you and your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west, to the east, the north, and south, and in you, and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. And will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Get a prophetic word from the Lord right there in a Motel 6. Verse 16 says, Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and he said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So early in the morning, Jacob took the stone and he put it under his head and he set it up for a pillar and he poured oil on top of it and he called the name of that place Beth-El. Beth meaning house and El is the name for God, like El Shaddai. So we have house of God is what he named it. But check this out. The name of the city was Luz at first. That word means crooked. You got it. I got to preach just. Can you give me 33 seconds to preach this right here? So, so, no? Okay. So, so, so Jacob, he encounters God in this, on the side of the road in a small town. And the name of the town was Crooked. God shows up. Jacob sets some, some new standards and says, This is none other than the house of God. What was crooked has now become a house of healing and rescue. 
I'm just here to tell you, because when I was reading this, I immediately thought of Pinellas County. How many of you know Pinellas County means crooked to a lot of people? It means crooked to a lot of people. But one encounter with the Lord, one church that says, I'm going to position myself, and I'm going to seek the face of the Lord, and I'm going to see God's kingdom come, can change the name from crooked to straight. No other time in Scripture is this town called Luz. It's always Bethel from here on out. As a matter of fact, the only city that's named more than Bethel in Scripture is Jerusalem. One encounter, one moment where he set some stones as a pillar that said enough is enough. How awesome is this place? This, this Pinellas County is none other than the house of the Lord and the gate of heaven. And the identity of that place shifted forever. Verse 20 says, then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and I and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I will so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. Would you pray with me just for a second? Lord, I just ask right now that you come and speak to our hearts. Lord, let this not just be another sermon that we sit through so that we can feel good about ourselves. I ask in this moment that you come and speak. Let your word that is sharper than any two-edged sword, God, let it encourage, instruct, strengthen us in Jesus' name. And everybody said, it's interesting when we look at this story because here Jacob is is running from his life, but he's actually doing more than that. He's actually leaving the place that he associated God with. You see, he had been worshiping God in his hometown with his family, and he knew of, of, of his, you know, the, the God of his father. And so here, not only is he running for his, for, for his life, but he's also now, I, I would think, running from the only place he knew that God was. Well, God was there, and God spoke to us there, and God blessed us there, and I have to leave the comforts of what I think God is like, and now I have to go out into places that that are the unknown, and in the most unlikely place, Jacob finds out that God is not confined to a place. On the run, Jacob has an encounter with God. How many of you know many of us see God in certain areas of our life, but not in other areas? In other words, you may associate God with a group of people that you hang out with. That's your Christian friends. Can I just preach just for a minute today, guys? <laughs> you may associate God when I'm there and when I come to church, everything is good. I just, I find it very interesting that everyone that comes to church is always doing good and blessed. How you doing today? Blessed and highly favored. Hey, praise God. Praise God. How's, how was your week? Oh, blessed. Praise God. I'm doing great. No, you're not. We come here because we associate this with, as the place where God's here. And so, and so we got to pretend like we're good because God's good, right? 
Come on. And so, and so we associate God with certain places and certain people, and then we miss out on opportunities in our normal, everyday life to encounter God. To have church, he has a dream where he sees a ladder that is going from earth to heaven and angels ascending and descending. What is that? Uh, what does that tell us? That, that there are actually angels that are taking the prayers of the saints to heaven and dipping them in the, the waters of the throne and then coming back down and bringing answers and miracles onto this earth. So it says this is none other than the gate of heaven. I'm just here to tell you today, you can have a gate of heaven at home when you're folding clothes when the kids go to bed. But if you don't associate that as a place where God can show up, You're just going to fold clothes and just look forward to Sunday. You follow me today? What is church? What is church? There are three things that we see in this story that I believe we can pull that that I think should be evident in any church, no matter where it is. If you go to Africa, man, that you, you should be able to find these. These are not preference issues. This isn't, well, do you sing hymns or do you sing Hillsong? Like, really don't care. Can I, I've said it probably before, but can I tell you, I've been in some churches that only sing hymns, and I have felt the Holy Spirit moving very strongly, straight out of a hymn book, feeling the presence of the Lord. So it's not so much about preference, it's the heart response. So here are three things. Number one, church is a connection. Church is a connection. You should connect to God. When you come to church, and I want you to look at verse 16, it says this, uh, then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. And I want to ask you, you know, what was so awesome about this place? What, what, he became aware of God in the most unlikely place, on a pit stop. And I'm, I am here to encourage you today. Yes, you should connect when you come here. But you, you can have a connection with God in the most unlikely of places. If you would learn to be aware, here it is. If you would learn to be aware that God is already moving before you show up. What do you mean? Well, you could have a job that you just really don't like. And tomorrow you have a choice to make and you get up and you got to make phone calls and, and you pull up into that parking spot and you just say, man, this is just terrible. I don't even like this place. I don't like the people that are in there. And you're going to probably go and have a bad day. And then you're going to blame it on the fact that it was just Monday. Well, you know, all Mondays are bad. Well, then you, what are you going to say Tuesday? Well, it's just still hungover from Monday. I'm still feeling a little bit of Monday here. Still don't like these people. What I'm here to tell you is, is that you could be having church up in that place. Oh, it's not going to look like this. Joy's not going to follow you up into your office and sing to you, you know, this beautiful music. And I'm not going to come to your cubicle. And I'm not going to come on my microphone and say, you know, hey, I just want to let you know Jesus loves you today. And I just hope you're having an amazing, uh, if God is for you, who can be against you? And you're like, oh, I'm so encouraged today. That's not going to happen. But what you could do is become aware of the fact that everywhere you go, God is working and moving. And in a conference room, a ladder could, a gate of heaven could open up. 
If you just become aware, there may be one person in that call. I'm not telling you to bring your Bible into your, into your meeting and say, guys, I have something to say. On behalf of Jesus Christ, I would like to offer repentance to everyone in this room. No, you don't have to do that. But you know what you could do? You walk in there maybe a couple of minutes before and say, Lord, I'm about to go into a tense meeting. And there's probably going to be some men and women in there who are, who are, they don't have the Holy Spirit inside of them. So they're going to carry this intensity differently than I will. Because this could really crush them. This is how they live. This is, this is what they depend on. And so, Lord, maybe after this meeting, maybe after this meeting, when, when everybody else goes, I could say, hey, hold on a minute. I just wanted to ask you something. How could I be praying for you? And God could show up in that moment, and a connection could be made, and church could be happening right up there in the conference room. And it all started with your awareness. I'm just, I'm telling you, I don't have this down pat, right? I'm not perfect with this, but I try. Everywhere I go, I just say, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm walking wherever I'm going. If I'm at, out to eat, I'm like, Lord, I, I want to be aware that you could be working in someone's life. You could be working in that waitress's life. You could have already been moving and seeds could have been planted and I could be the one touch that they need, the one connection that they need. And all of a sudden, right there in a, in a restaurant, a gateway of heaven could open up and a connection could be made where someone could encounter the love of a heavenly father, maybe for the first time. All because of awareness. Church is a connection, but you bring that connection when you leave here. Come on, are you with me? You bring that connection. It doesn't have to look weird. I was in the Coast Guard years ago and living in New Orleans, and, and you know, when you're going out on a boat with people, uh, you, you got like, you, I had like hours and hours and sometimes days with these people. And thankfully, my, my approach to them was just to love them and be friends with them, right? Even though I was saved, and yes, I wanted them to encounter God, but you know what I didn't do? I didn't show up to my Coast Guard base and start, and start talking in King James. Winnest thou, are we going out into the waters today? The waters of the Lord's. No. <laughs> that was weird. I'm just... <laughs> I'm just talking, right? I'm just, I'm just talking to them because I want, I, want, I want to be friends with them. I want to just be normal with them. But I'm always, I was always waiting for a door to open up. And I would go and I would say, you know what? I'm about to be on this boat with this guy for the next 30 hours. Just, just two guys up in the cabin and me and this other guy back here. We're about to talk. And I said, Lord, if you could open up a door, I'll walk through it. And there's this one guy who was an atheist, and we became really close. And, and, and uh, you know you can be friends with atheists. <laughs> you will not catch cooties. I just felt like I needed to say that to somebody. You don't have to bend who you are. Jesus hung out. Come on, I'm not even going to go there. So, so I'm, I'm hanging out with this guy. And we're on the boat, and I'm like, Lord, if you open up a door, I'll walk through it, because I love this guy. He just doesn't know the love of Jesus yet. 
And he doesn't believe there's even a God. And I'm like, man, that's tough. But if you open a door, Lord, and about four to five hours in, uh, all of a sudden he begins to talk about his life. And he begins to talk about like, man, how he was raised and, and now his wife and, the, and this relationship that he has. And they had some tension going on. And he was, he's, I'm really honest with you, man. I'm kind of even struggling. I'm just like, I'm battling things. I just can't seem to find my peace. And all of a sudden my radar is going up. Now it's my turn to talk about my life. How many of you know that's an open door? That's an open door for you. You don't have to say, well, I'm glad you brought that up because I would like to quote for you, Romans. No, you say, man, that's crazy. I'm so sorry you had to go through that. And you love them. Then you begin to share your testimony. Can I tell you about what happened with me? And as I was, you know, I got saved when I was in boot camp radically saved, radically saved, encountered the presence of the Lord. And I just begin to share that with him and just share with him how I've never been the same. And I have a peace on the inside of me that, that was not there. And, and everything that I would, from drugs to everything else that I was searching for, ultimately didn't fill, man, like Jesus fills. And I'm like, look, I'm not trying to push anything on you. I'm just telling you what he did in my life. And if he did it for me, he can do it for you. And I'm just waiting. He saved me, and he, and he gave me grace and forgave me of all my sins. If he did it for me, he can do it for you. I'm just waiting. Just kind of letting the Lord work. That's what, here's what I didn't realize. God was already working in his life. And all of a sudden, about six hours into a boat ride, a gate of heaven, a doorway of heaven opened up, and a connection was, was made. And that 20, 21-year-old atheist weeping, repenting, giving his life to Jesus. Let me just tell you, we had church out on the water. And it came through awareness. You just, just, and I, I'm, again, I'm not perfect at this. I just want us together to begin to be aware. No matter where you go, God could be working. He's working. We have to be aware. Amen? I would say, that you're walking in power is less about your gifting and more about your awareness. Listen, I know a lot of people who are gifted and who never walk in that because they think the only time they can use it is in church. Verse 17, he says this, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And as I read that this week, I, I said, wait a minute, how awesome is this place? You mean the place you mean the place, Jacob, that, 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 that you stopped on the side of the road running from your sin? How awesome is that place? And the Lord really spoke to me this week, and I'm just going to say this, and then we're going to move on. But I believe some of you are in a tough place in your life, and I believe some of you are in a place of running, and I believe some of you are here not by chance, but because God has uh, aligned you to be here so that he can tell you that today you don't have to live in your past. Today, you don't have to be identified with what you've done or who you were, but that God has something new for you today. There's a connection that he wants to make with you today. How awesome. And you could be saying in the middle of your mess, how awesome is this place? Oh, I don't understand it. I don't have everything figured out. There, there are things that happen in my own life, and I just shake my head, and I'm like, I don't understand it. But you can say, how awesome is this place, this is none other than the gateway of heaven. And when God shows up, we are changed every single time. So church is a connection. Um, I, listen, I, I can't move on real quick without mentioning, you know, Paul and Silas. 
Like, how awesome is this place? Can you imagine being locked up in prison? Like, for doing something good? Not because not you messed up. See, some of y'all, like, rebuking the devil and mad at God because things are messed up, but you did it to yourself. Imagine you're serving God, and you're preaching the gospel, and you get beaten for that and thrown into jail. And at, the, at, at midnight, man, I don't understand this. I don't know why. This is, this is painful. I'm locked up in this, in this dungeon, but, but in the middle of this dungeon, oh, how awesome is this place. And all of a sudden, a praise goes up. All of a sudden, in the middle of your mess, God shows up because you chose to praise. I'm talking to somebody today. How awesome is this place? So my question to you is, do you live with a desire and an expectation to connect with God, not just in this building? So church is a connection, but church is also a conversation. Church is a connection. You need to connect with God, but there's also a conversation that took place. Look with me at verse 13. It says this, and behold, the Lord stood above it and said. Now, God's about to speak some things to Jacob in the midst. Hear me again. If I'm repeating myself, it's on purpose. In the middle of him running, in the middle of his sin, God speaks to him. Now, what's God about to say? We would think if we were going to write the rest of the story, God would stand above Jacob and say, I rebuke you. How dare you run and, and, and deceive like that, you deceiver. That's what we might think he would say. But what does God say to him? He says this, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your offspring, and your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth. And he just goes on and on, and he begins to prophesy into Jacob's destiny in the middle of his mess. Isn't that interesting? That many times it's our past that's holding us back simply because we're focused on it. And God's sitting there right with you in your mess and he's trying to speak to your future and he's trying to say, I got more for you. I got better for you. Stop looking back there. And understand that I'm working in you. I've got plans and promises for you. Church is a conversation. You need to know that God is trying to communicate to you right now. And I think maybe somebody came just for this. God is speaking to you. God is speaking to you today. But are you listening? I want to tell you three ways that God can speak to us even as we gather here on Sunday. Did you know God wants to speak directly to you? You awake today. Three ways that God can speak to you. And, and, I, and I told the, the first service this. I know there's more. I'm just going to give you three. So don't email me and say, well, you forgot this one. And God also speaks like this. No, he, he, just three. Just three good ways that God can speak to you when you come and you gather here. Number one, God can speak to you through worship. How many of you know that just you making the decision to worship Jesus when we gather here, God can speak to you? Why is that? I believe it's this. Because worship, and I've said it before, worship and worry cannot coexist together. So when you begin to make a decision to lift your eyes and begin to place your eyes on Jesus, you remove the ability for worship, I mean, for worry to be able to follow you there. It can't make it up there. 
So if you want a place where it's just you and God and you don't have to deal with those anxieties and you don't have to deal with that depression and you don't have to deal with those worries, start to worship. Start to worship. Oh, I don't feel like it. Start to worship. Yeah, but you don't understand. Start to worship. All of a sudden, you've looked up and you are seeing the creator of heaven and earth. And now he says, oh, finally, I can talk to them now because they're not looking at themselves so much. Come on, I'm talking to me too. I'm talking to me too. Sometimes even in worship, we get, we get pretty, you know, self-focused. And God is gracious, but there's a shift that happens when we can get our eyes off of our problems and onto Jesus and just say, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be on my mouth. And now God's like, ooh, let's talk to him. Ooh, he's, he's listening now. God can speak through worship. Here's something else. God can speak to you through someone else. Did you know that? Did you know that you can speak to someone else and give them a word from God? It's quiet in here. Did you know I'm not the only one in the room that can speak to you on behalf of the Lord? I'm, I know so many people who are like, I just need, I, oh, I just need to get to Pastor Stephen because I know he's got a word for me. Oh, I just need, I just need, I just need Pastor, I need him to pray for me. No, you just need somebody filled with the Spirit to pray for you. Anybody here meet that qualification? Right? And, and God, if we begin to show up to church and say, I'm not just coming as a consumer, I'm coming as a disciple. And we shift our mindset away from consumerism. Oh, but we are consumers, aren't we, guys? Come on, let's be honest for a second. Come on, I went, I took my wife out this weekend, and how many of you love to go out for, to a nice restaurant? Come on, don't lie to me like that. Y'all like to go out to eat. Why? Because you get waited on, you get served, and you get what you want. And then if you don't get what you want, you let them know. So like, this was three degrees, not cooked enough, too hot. Can you please take that back? And if you could, please take that off my bill. Could you give me a little bit more ice? There's only eight cubes. I need ten. We are consumers. And if we don't like our experience, we let Google know. Sounds like some churches up in here. You know what I'm talking about? If we're not careful, we come to church with a consumer mindset instead of a disciple mindset. A disciple mindset says, God, I, I might be walking through something right, that, right now, but I know other people are too. And there may be someone sitting next to me or that I, I, I bump into in the, in the cafe or in the lobby that's really going through a tough time. And you can use me to speak an encouraging word right to them in a, in a, in a now moment. And you step out and say, hey, hey, what's going on in, in your life? Oh, I bless. No, no, like, really? Can I, can I pray with you real quick? No, I highly, no, not really. How are you doing? I really feel, really feel led from the Lord. And then all of a sudden, you begin to pray for someone. And in the lobby, before service even starts, a gateway. Then we got a ladder. Now we got, now we got angels ministering. Now we got connection. Now we got conversation. Now God's speaking to someone at a, at a table in the lobby before we even do this. You see how this works? God can speak to you through someone else. Uh, the, a few years ago, I was ministering at a church in Washington, and and after the service, I was praying for, a, for about a 19-year-old, and his mom was there, and I didn't know anything about him. But as I began to pray for him, 
I, I saw just a picture in my mind of him playing the guitar. Now, I could take, I could take that two ways. Number one, I'm just getting distracted because you know how that happens sometimes when we're praying. We just start thinking about football or something weird. We got to like get back on track. Or I could say, maybe God's trying to speak something to me about this person. And so I just stepped out and I just said, hey, um, and, and as I stepped out, by the way, God began to reveal more. That, that happens sometimes. If you just will step out and trust the Lord, it'll all begin to come. And I just begin to say, hey, uh, uh, do, you, do you play um, the guitar? Do you, uh, I, I feel like God wants to say that, that you've, you've been a worshiper in the past and, and maybe something has happened to you. And as I'm saying this, tears begin to, to roll down his face and his mom begins to just go ballistic. You know how moms can do, right? Oh my goodness, I'm so thankful he came. And I'm just like, shh, let me, let me minister to him. And I just begin to speak into his life. You know what happened? He was a worship leader. And he had a, he had a situation at a, at a church where confrontation with the worship pastor. And, and he was very wounded and very hurt. And he walked away and he put his guitar down. And he said, I'll never do that again. I'll never pray, play for the church again. And it had been eight or nine months and he hasn't played one tune of music. And here... At the end of a service, God wanted him to know so bad about his calling and about the love that he had. And so I just tuned in my ear and was obedient to begin to speak that, and God restored him. God restored him. God can speak to you through other people. So God can speak through worship. God can speak through, well, before we go to our last one, let me just say this. We don't chase prophetic words. We chase Jesus, and generally the prophetic word that someone gives will line up with something God is already kind of leaning us into. And just too many people just chasing, chasing a, a prophetic word, and, and they've never gotten into this word. Oh, I just need the man of God to give me a word. Have, when's the last time you read your Bible? Well... We don't chase prophetic words. And let me just say this too. A prophetic word will never, and let me repeat, never contradict the written word. Never. Now, I've had so many people give me words. Some have been from the Lord. There's those moments where someone will say, you know, I had someone say, I had a dream about you last night. And sometimes when people will say, I, I feel like I have a word from the Lord, I generally will know pretty quickly. I begin to feel the presence of the Lord on it. And you just know. But then there's those times you're just like, nah, you just, nah, you, you just missed it. <laughs> now, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to be mean, right? But I've had stuff that, that someone said, this is from the Lord, and it was totally contrary to the word of God. And I said, thank you. God bless. Thank you. But in my mind, I'm shot blocking that thing. Like, like, nope, like that is not from the Lord. I've had people come into my office and for counseling and say, you know, hey, uh, I, 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 I moved in with my girlfriend and we've been sleeping together, but, but I prayed about it and the Lord said it was okay. <sighs> no, someone said it was okay, but it wasn't the Lord. <laughs> no, come on. If you think God spoke to you and it, it's contrary to this, trash it. Delete. Come on. Just, just, just get it out. God can speak to you through his word. Amen. Let me share something with you. 
recently I was going through a very difficult time and um, was in a, a, a moment when I was very just discouraged. Sometimes the weight of life can press hard. You know what I'm talking about? And um, man, just those times where I just start thinking things. I'm just like, man, I'm just, I, I, need, I need something from the Lord right now. I, I just feel off. And I was very discouraged and, and just almost even just to the point of, of my head hanging down. And I, I sat on my couch and I opened my Bible and I flipped to Psalm 24. And I want to read to you what the Lord spoke to me through this book. In a moment of complete discouragement, I read these words. Lift up your heads, O gates. O be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is the king of glory, you ask? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your head, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. And I just sat there and just cried. Because it was as if God appeared to me and spoke directly to me. It was as if he, I'm looking down, and he picked my head up, and he said, son, look me in the eyes. I want to tell you something. And what he had to tell me came straight from the word of God. I got people who say, well, I just, I don't, I don't hear from the Lord. Read your Bible. Or I wish somebody would give me a prophetic word. Read your Bible. Oh, you know, I just, I don't ever really, I don't know how y'all, read your Bible. I don't know how you always know what God's, read your Bible. Could I say it one more time? I mean, God wants to speak to you through his word. Amen. So God can speak through worship. He can speak through someone else. He can speak through the Bible, which is the most common way he speaks, by the way. I would ask many people who say, I just wish you'd give me a prophetic word. If you haven't been in your Bible in the last few weeks, I didn't want to give you a prophetic. My prophetic word to you is go read your Bible. I'm I'm serious. Why? Because when God speaks, change happens. Change happens. My question for you before we land this plane, do you live knowing God is speaking to you? Do you live knowing God is speaking to you? Are you so busy that you're not even listening until something happens and then you have to listen? I'm just here to tell you in the good days and the bad days and in the normal days, he's speaking. Church is not only a conversation, it's not only a connection, but it's also a commitment. Church is a commitment. Verses 20 to 22, I mean, we see Jacob here. I mean, he says, and of this stone which I've set up for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I'll give a full tenth to you. He's talking about tithing before the law was even given. He's just like, my, my, my response, like, to... To commit this to you is, is a privilege of mine. We have on our wall in there our core values, and they're more than just pretty sayings that we wanted to put up there for you. Like We really believe them, and one of them is serving is our privilege. It's our privilege. Serving is our privilege. We see Jacob, you know, right after this, serve his uncle for 20 years until he has 
uh, until God tells him to move. And then, he, and then he has that encounter where he's wrestling with God. You know that story? And he says, God, I'm not leaving here until you bless me, until you change me. His mindset had changed from running to serving. He's like, I'm here, man. I, I'm, I'm connected. I'm, I'm listening to you, but I'm committed to this thing. How many of you know serving is our privilege? But, but let me say this. Serving can be an inconvenience, can it? Oh, yeah. Serving can be an inconvenience. And all the times that I've looked back and watched moves of God and mighty men and women of God who've really changed the world, it's been through inconvenience. Nobody ever changed the world sitting on their blessed assurance and their convenience. You know what I'm talking about. Church's commitment. This morning I got here about a little before 7 o'clock and it was dark. It was throwing me off, right, because of the time change. And I, I go in my office and about 7.30, 7.40, something around there, um, I was looking out my, my window and I could see the field. The sun still hadn't even come up yet, like barely to where you could just see out into the field this morning. And the funny thing was this is how God works. I was actually going over my message and I was looking at this, this point. What I'm about to tell you was not in my notes because it just happened today. And I was looking out the window and I saw, I saw two people out on the field. Again, still kind of dark, 7.30, 7.45 in the morning. I looked out there and there's Randy and Deshaun. Now, if you don't know Deshaun, he's probably 14, 15 years old. Is Deshaun here? He's in the back. Is Randy here? Go ahead, stand. We got Randy and Deshaun out in the field. See, I'll make you all uncomfortable now. Everybody's turning around and looking at you. That's okay. Thank you, guys. They were out there putting out cones, serving, doing what they do every single week. And I, I just, that blessed me. Because... They're the first, they're, 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 they're here before the sun comes up, man. They're, they're going to be here. They're just, I mean, they're here to serve, but it's not an obligation. Like, like he didn't come in from all that and be like, you know, with a frown, just blah, blah, you know, it needed to be done. So, you know, God better bless me today because, you know, I was here early and, you know, better have that, you know, that blessing come my way. No, as a matter of fact, those are, are, are two of, of, the most joy-filled men in the church. Like, like Randy, always smiling. And I, I said that first service, but then right next to her was Levina, and I was like, well, she might not think that, but because every time I see him, he's smiling. He's just full of joy. I, I think for them, and there's many more, I, there's many more people that are just like that that I could highlight. But I just saw them this morning, and I just thought, man, they are serving unto the Lord, and it is a privilege for them to do that. Serving is a church is a commitment, guys. And I want to say this in closing today. For us to accomplish what God has called us to accomplish, it's going to take everybody, all of us. Like Saturday, we're going to ask that a connection, a kingdom connection, just show up in James Park. And we're going to pray that church happens down there. But if it's, just, if it's just this family and maybe me and my wife down there, it's not going to be as impactful. But if the church shows up, come on, you with me?
I don't even need an amen on this part because I know it's I know it's heavy. Church is a commitment. Church is a commitment. It is it is is it inconvenient sometimes? Worship team was here at 7 a.m. this morning. It's an inconvenience. Come on, that alarm goes off is inconvenience. I'm just here to tell you, we will change the world through inconvenience. We will change the world through some inconvenienced people who see a greater purpose. And who say, I'm not here to consume. I'm not here just to get fed all the time and sit soaking sour for an hour and so that I can go home and sit on my recliner. I'm here because God is moving and I want to take part in his kingdom and his vision for this house and what he wants to do in this city and around the world. And I'm not just going to sit here on the sidelines. And when you begin to step out, God shows up. Serving is our privilege. And I've had people say, man, I'm just discouraged, so I just need to chill. If you would only realize that when you come to give, God comes behind you and gives to you. Come on, if there's one person in this church that that doesn't get to, you know, sit and enjoy the message every week, it's me. But I'm not discouraged right now. Why is that? Because in my giving out, God is pouring in. Come on, man, my cup is overflowing right now. My cup is overflowing right now. In your giving, God will give back to you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over more than you could ever ask or think. That's what he wants to do in this house. Serving is a privilege. Church should be a connection. It should be a conversation. And it should be a commitment. 